A couple weeks ago, I was on a typical Catholic news website, just checking some things out, and I saw an ad for a, a t-shirt company, and there was a t-shirt that kind of made me, you know, chuckle a little bit, because I thought it was kind of appropriate for right now, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing and cleaning up a little bit, but it said, wine, the only antidote to this dumpster fire we call 2020. That was pretty funny. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a unique year, which is exemplified by the fact that we're outside right now. And yet, we all know, it's like anything that is not the ultimate savior, the ultimate antidote, will eventually let us down. I mean, anybody can tell you that wine really is not the antidote. And I would say the second reading today really helps in the greatest of all ways and more than just for 2020 but eternally in knowing what the true antidote so to speak is this is from saint paul's letter to the philippians as we just heard kathy say as she started the second reading and i really encourage you when you get home today pick it up and read it i mean it's it's an incredible letter it's not very long it's only four chapters And the way you can find it very quickly, remember if you start in the New Testament, you got the four Gospels, Acts the Apostles, and then we start with all these letters of St. Paul, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, and then remember this, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. So here we are in Philippians, okay? And he's writing this letter from prison. Now, scholars kind of debate, is this in the year like 55, is he in Ephesus, is this year 61 in Rome? Regardless, it's within about 20 to 30 years after Jesus passed away, and Paul is writing this letter from prison, you know? I mean, to think about the lofty language that he's using, the encouragement that he's giving, and he's behind bars. Now, The reason I bring up that t-shirt, right, is because I think any of us at this particular time, as we look at the dumpster fire that is 2020, you know, can easily take it out on other people, right? I mean, we can get negative and grouchy. And I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes if you watch TV, particular 24-hour news stations, people are typically grumpy and upset about absolutely everything. But the thing is, does that actually help? Does that actually lead to anything better? I would say no. And ultimately, what do we have to take us on to something more? It's ultimately what St. Paul says today, that he wants us to have, the way it's translated, the same attitude, the same mind as Jesus Christ. In fact, that line was Bishop Curlin's motto, having you the same mind that was in Jesus Christ. Because the thing is, we can all do this. It's like, well, at least I'm better than so-and-so. At least, you know, as I like to say sometimes when I'm talking about going to confession, well, Father, I'm not Hitler. Great. But we're striving for better than that, right? We're striving for what? To be Christ-like. To be like him who is the Son of God. You know, and to consider this, that St. Paul, once again, is behind bars As he writes this, he is suffering for the sake of the gospel. And what does he do? He encourages the people that he loves. These Philippians who are concerned about his needs, 
He's concerned about theirs. He wants to build them up in Christ. And it's incredible, too, because you can look at the history of the church. I mean, this goes all the way back to, like I said, 20 to 30 years after Jesus died. We have a rich history throughout the years of saints still being this way. You think of the Carmelite nuns being led to their execution at the French Revolution, still praising and glorifying God. You know, the Korean martyrs, the Vietnamese martyrs. There are recent Vietnamese prisoners of war. There was uh, St. Augustine von Tuan, who has many beautiful writings, only died about a decade ago. Uh, And he was in solitary confinement in a Vietnamese prison for 13 years. And they had to keep changing his guards because he kept converting them. I mean, the man was still joyful and focused on Christ, even in solitary confinement. Think about Maximilian Kolbe giving his life in the midst of Auschwitz, essentially hell on earth. And yet, what does he do? He makes converts. Why? Because he had in him the same mind that was in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul gives us from prison what's called the Carmen Christi. I love this, and I will tell you, if there is one section of Scripture that is worth memorizing, worth having with you all the time, here it is. Philippians 2, 6-11. It summarizes the Gospel. It gives us exactly what we need to know, who it is who has come to us. Who it is that shows us that we have an antidote, right? One that is better than merely earthly wine, that merely, you know, livens the heart for a while and then possibly leads to a headache later, but rather the true and lasting goodness of the fruit of the vine, the blood of Christ, which is from him who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. And I feel like I have to tell you about this, because the word in Greek for this grasped, harpagmon, right? When I think of grasped, I normally think of like, like reaching out and trying to get something. It's so much deeper than that. He didn't consider his equality with God something to be jealously clung to, right? That it was almost like, hey, I'm God and you're not. I'm keeping this for myself. No, that's not the way that he was. He emptied himself becoming one of us, like us in all things but sin, being found in the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found in a human appearance. He was with us, with us in all things, becoming obedient even to the point of death, death on a cross. And there you have it, the saving message of what happened, of what he did, of the fact of the matter that we're not alone. And even if we find ourselves in the midst of the dumpster fire that is 2020, so be it. He's in our midst. He loves us. And it doesn't even end at the cross because of this. God greatly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every name should bend of those in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what we need. We need to say that to ourselves each and every day, but not let it end there. We have to say it to one another, to those that are suffering, to those that are going through difficult times, to those that think that wine is the only antidote to the dumpster fire that is 2020, to know that there's something so much better. It's Jesus Christ who loves us, 
We've seen examples of people who can do this right here in our own parish. Yesterday, I was blessed. I had a wedding, and afterwards, the wedding reception was down at our pavilion, which is a beautiful place for a wedding, by the way. It's a nice little commercial. But I was walking around. It was right at 3 o'clock, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go and pray to my mercy chap- chaplet. And I walked around our cemetery, and I got to walk by Mercedes Rogers' grave, right? She's been passed for about two years. That woman, every time I saw her, even towards the end, was always joyful, was always proclaiming the gospel was always so happy to receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. To think about that, that is such a beautiful thing. I know I'm a priest, but here's the thing. I need you all to proclaim to me that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you don't do that, I get bogged down. I had two funerals on Friday. It's tough. I had a tough emergency call on Thursday. We've got more funerals coming up. They're difficult things, but the reason why it doesn't end there, the reason why we don't just sink into despair because Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to be able to proclaim that. And we all do it in our own unique ways, in our own ways of bringing that out. But we have got to share that with the world. We've got to pray to our Lord to be like St. Paul, that even when we find ourselves in prison in one way or another, when we find ourselves overwhelmed with difficulties, to go back to what he's saying. Philippians 2, 6 to 11. We have hope. Why? Because our God does not consider divinity something to be jealously held to his chest, but he opens it up for all of us to share in that eternal life. We've got it. We've got the treasure with us. What we've got to do is bring more people into that, to know him well. And this is the other beautiful thing. It's such a temptation to think, ah, you know, that's for other people. I'm not really good at that. You know, I I just, I've said no to him too many times. Look at what he's saying in the gospel today. I will say I'm grateful that our sign this week is Jesus Christ is Lord. I want everybody to see that as they drive by. But I'll tell you, a close runner-up was tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom before you. That'd be a fun one to put down on the sign, you know? Be great for people to see that as they go by. But look, this is what he's saying. Tax collectors and prostitutes, they're out there. They're proclaiming the fact that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. They know that his mercy is real, that it exists. The same is there for us. Don't worry if you feel like, gosh, I've done so many things in the past. That's why I have confession. That's why our sins can be forgiven. That's why that mercy is so strong. He shows us that we have hope. And we've got to pray for that ability to share it with other people. Yes, we've got this incredible gift with us. Make sure that like St. Paul, regardless of what the circumstances are in your life, You know that there's something so much better than the mere remedy of wine. We rather have the true and lasting glory of the blood of Christ. We have the antidote for whatever time it may be, for whatever time of craziness we may find ourselves in, whatever election year we may be in the midst of, right? But there have been many election years. There have been many changes of power. There have been many things throughout the last 2,000 years. But what remains? Jesus Christ. And he is Lord. We have to cling to him and we have to share his grace with everyone. My brothers and sisters in Christ, let's ask God through the intercession of St. Paul to be able, no matter what the difficulty may be, to share that fact that we know that we have hope. And why? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.